Welcome to the Playing the Game podcast with your hosts, Brock White and Cody Ransom. This podcast is the place for all things baseball, hunting, and entrepreneurship. These two guys have put in the work and have the stories and advice to back it up. Brock is a longtime business owner, and Cody played pro ball for over 18 years. Driven deep to left field. There it goes. See ya. A long home run for Cody Ransom. The one thing that brings these two guys together is hunting. Babe Ruth said it best. Never allow the fear of striking out to keep you from playing the game. This is the Playing the Game podcast, presented by Rolly White RV. Welcome, y'all, back to Playing the Game podcast. I'm your host, Brock White, with my co-host, Cody Ransom. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Show do. So today, we thought we'd... uh, Go over. We had a busy fall. Yeah, you had a busier fall, but I think overall we were busy. I think yours might have been a little more fun. It was different. <laughs> like, you were just slammed at work. And it was different because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So all the dates changed. So normally your dates end, you can hunt in the fall, right? Yeah, usually fall and winter are pretty open. Yeah. And uh, free to kind of do whatever we want from on the minor league side from like September on and uh, until February, you know, but it was a little different this year. We went way into November, so we missed, uh, missed some of the fun hunts and whatnot, but you know, the, uh, it was good. Like we got a lot out of it, but you know, you got to go on a bunch of good hunts, some really good ones. Yeah. We, um, we started off like, look, I like when hunts start early. Because he just gets hunts going. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I get really excited. And on by that. early, you mean like August? August. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's two states that hunt start in August. Actually, three. I mean, I think. Out here. Nevada. So the earliest hunt is in Nevada. I think end of July, they start mule deer. That's the earliest, and I haven't got a tag there. I've been putting in for seven years. <clears throat> and then. The other two states would be, I'm not sure when Montana starts their archery deer, but I know that Dudley goes right after the deer hunt on our, my wild country outfitters deer hunt. He In goes, August. Yeah, August. He mm-hmm. goes after. So Colorado and Utah start about the same time in August, that mid-August, August 18th. So I had that hunt, which was, it was really good. I had a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. with me at that time. Yeah. And a early hunt is going to be, you're going to be sitting and glassing a lot. You're either doing that or you're sitting water. It's hot, right? Mm-hmm. So and what's not, it's kind of a different hunt because you're waking up really early, like 3 in the morning. Because the sun comes up. beat the sun out there, right? Yeah, and then stuff beds early. Mm-hmm. And then, and usually you're sitting behind the glass from 5 in the morning till 9. And what you're doing is you're trying to figure out where they bed. and trying to figure out a game plan, okay, put them to bed, come back in the afternoon, and try to find them. The problem with this year was it was so warm <laughs> that the deer were starting to bed into the the usually usually bed in the sarvisberry bushes on this hunt, mm-hmm. and instead of that, they were going into the aspen groves, which makes it virtually impossible to pinpoint where they bed. Because you want to put them in bed, then you can put a stock mm-hmm. into place. Right. It's easier to stock something when it's not moving. <laughs> you know, I if, do. If they're yeah. like moving, now you're always playing catch up. You're never going to catch them either. And then all of a sudden, they change, and then the wind, and then you're screwed because the wind screws you. Mm-hmm. So normally, on this hunt, it's a very high successful hunt. Um, we had 18 people there. Two people killed on that hunt. This year? Mm-hmm. 
Wow. You're talking professional hunters. Yeah. Top of the food chain of the quality of hunters out there with, I mean, Dudley didn't kill. Um, Lee and Tiff didn't kill. I mean, no, I didn't. I think there was, I knew one or two people that killed. Wow. It just made everything so much more difficult. I had, so I waited three days. Be, I, I sat behind a glass. When I say sitting behind the glass, I mean I'm glassing mm-hmm. with binos. Sat behind the glass for three straight days. <clears throat> One, you have to find a mature buck on this particular ranch we go to. And it has to meet the age requirements five years or older. And so the way they age it is by the body. You know, they look at the neck where it lines up with the body. Mm-hmm. Um, they look at the head. And then, so once you find a mature buck, then you can put a stock on but, you know, you got this area, you don't really want to put a stock on anything unless you have a high probability of killing it. Because you don't want to run it out of there. Yeah. You don't want to run it out. This ain't like, this ain't where you're throwing, you know, corn out and they'll yeah, come right. back. So. Yeah, Western hunting. A little different, right? Yeah. So, we, um, yeah, I, I got a good stock in. I got to 40 yards, and I couldn't see him. He was, uh, could just see his horns. It was too thick. And I was really proud of myself. <laughs> for what? For not shooting or for? Being sneaky. <laughs> oh, for get to 40 yards? Because if anybody knows me, <laughs> they know I'm a bull in a china shop. Okay. So <clears throat> the fact that I got, you know, I, like, got real sneaky. I took off my shoes. I went to Crocs, from Crocs to socks. Crocs to socks. And, yeah, I got some thorns on my feet, but it's totally yeah. worth it, man. It was a great, I was just, and I had a cameraman with me, too, so everybody will be able to watch that hunt here Sweet. coming soon. It'll That's be awesome. coming out. We'll put it up on some YouTube channel. And then um, I got one more stock in. I got two stocks on this hunt. The uh, no three the one stock I was going in and I hugged this uh, this other side and this buck was just on top so I was just below him and I was just gonna come in below and just crawl up on top and he'd be right there and I was like this can be no brainer mm-hmm. done and I knew he was hanging out with like five or six other bucks and I figured they were just right around him just couldn't see him. Mm-hmm. And we're hugging this aspen grove as we're going in. And right where I'm about to cut up, um, the bucks were sitting there in the aspen grove, bedded down. I blew them out, and they took that buck with them. The buck never saw me, but Just him, right? he was done. Yeah. So the next day, we found a mature buck. He was a good 4x4, four four, solid frame. Um. It snuck into 60 yards, and you'll see it on the video, and pulled back. He stood up. I shot, and it sounded like a fighter jet going in. <laughs> Dude. And at first, I was like, because I, I completely airballed it, like a foot over. It was a, like how, man, I was like pretty confident out to 60 so how am I that far off Mm -hmm. and then I looked at the video and that buck so what happened was the a lot of lessons learned brought a deployed buck heard the arrow coming and that buck dropped dropped his back went below the sage and that arrow just went like a few inches right over its back Unreal. So you use a mechanical broadhead and it deployed before it was supposed it, to. It must have been hit, right? deployed. I was, you know, when you got a lot going on. Yeah, you could have pulled it out and it would have been. It was probably deployed. Like when you were knocking it or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But before even shot. Yeah. So, so for those that don't know, like you have some broadheads that are fixed blade that are already out and they don't like expand or anything. And then you have some that are mechanical or expandable or whatever and they 
you know, they're kind of held in by a rubber band. And then as you shoot, when it hits your target, they expand and they fly better. In theory, right? They f- yeah. they fly better and you can get a bigger uh, blade out of it. So they're, you know, whatever. So technology is usually really good. Usually. <laughs> on the bottom, on the... Yeah, <clears throat> I learned from that because then what I did was I went back to camp and I noticed that on Dudley's broadheads, he put little rubber bands around them. Mm-hmm. And I just so happened to have those little rubber bands in my pack. So guess what I did? Put up rubber bands around all my broadheads and it was awesome because then it was quiet. It made them quieter in my quiver, everything. So, no. I so you can learn a lot, right, by by hunting, even if, especially when you don't kill something. Oh, you learn tons, man. You, I've I mean, learned a ton. <laughs> you just learn through all your failures, right? right? Like you're yeah. like, should have done that one. Should have done that differently. It's so crazy when you just do this. It, what drives me crazy is when I do the same mistake twice. Right. I just did that last time, man. I get so pissed off at myself. Yeah, you get you beat yourself up. You need to learn how to sit behind a glass a little bit. Yeah, that's not something that we grew up doing or that I know how to do or I'm patient enough to do really, but it's something that I like I've talked to you a lot about and I know I have to do it because I mean stalking something that you don't know like where it's at. Yeah. I'm sure I've busted more animals out of anywhere than I've ever seen. Like trying to cuz they're going to hear me way before I get there if I don't know like if I'm not actually yeah, I'm like, them, you know? I like, I'm like so nervous about it. Like sometimes I have to have like the absolute perfect scenario for me to go in because I get, I've had so many bad, you know, blowouts that I just kind of wimp out sometimes. Mm-hmm. I get hesitant. I want to see the buck bedded, you know, mm-hmm. I want to know exactly where he's at. And if he's, you know, if I don't see like a good, like sneaking in point of entry, you know, I don't really like it. I like, like cover, you know. Yeah. I, I, what I'm fearful of is blowing him out and him not being there anymore. Right. You know. Yeah, that's a that's a big, a big thing is you don't you know if you do find him in an area and you can pattern him a little bit and you go in and screw up and you know they're not going to be there anymore. And that's what I would teach new hunters coming in is, you know, get binos, learn how to glass, learn how to, you know, keep the game in that area, you know, keep out of it. Because mm-hmm. the more you're out of it, the more they'll be in there. If they, the animals can feel pressure from humans for sure, and they they smell your scent in there, they're not yeah. going to want to be in there. Yeah, there's plenty of other places for them to go. Oh, yeah. They just move right on out, for sure. So my next hunt was in northern Utah again, and it was uh, with Wild Country and there's the elk hunt. And that was a fun hunt because we had Dudley there again, my buddy Wes. Um, he brought his crew, which was a lot of fun because a bunch of new guys that never hunted before, and they were just like, just it's a lot of fun to be around those guys that some haven't had that elk hunting experience yet. Mm-hmm. And that's like in the middle of the rut and they're just super excited. Yeah. Anybody that's hunted elk knows that it's super exciting. Like it's, there's something about that like bugle or whatever. If, if you're kind of close to them when you hear it, it's um, hair on the back of your neck stands up and it's a different, it's amazing how different much excitement. It's been a long time since I've hunted in the rut. I haven't been drawn in 15 years in Arizona. Wow. So this is my first rut hunt that I had a bow in my hand with for an elk in 15 years. Wow. So I was really excited for it. And, um, <clears throat> I mean, it was packed. I mean, the first day we saw six bulls hike seven miles. Second day, we hiked 21 miles, Jeez. and it was cranking. The rut was going. I mean, 
for their standard, it wasn't really on fire. Mm-hmm. For anyone else in the world, it was on fire. You know, yeah. like I, I guess it gets better <laughs> than what we experienced. And the rut was kind of weird across the West this year. You know, I've heard from people in Arizona started late or early or wasn't going on. I heard people in New Mexico, same thing, wasn't, hmm. they had really good days and then no, nothing. And I mean, even in the deer hunt rut was kind of weird too. So, um, but to me, the rut was great. <laughs> I mean, they're cranking. They're into it. I mean, and those guides hunt elk so much different than what I'm used to. When I say that, I mean, here in Arizona, like, you know, we talk about not bumping elk, not mm-hmm. bumping deer. They don't have any problem bumping elk. Because they're not going anywhere. Because they're just going to go over there. And the other guys, they're hunting the other canyon next to us, like half a mile away. Mm-hmm. They're going to bump in towards us, and we're going to bump elk towards them. So it's not a big deal. I mean, you just, we hunted so hard, and our first real, like, encounter that we could have shot on a mature bull that I thought was worth shooting was on the second day in the evening, and he was just screaming in our face, and <laughs> I... Anybody that this will also be available on YouTube. I had a cameraman with me, Ryer. Ryer actually wanted to be on the podcast for this. Well, let's get him on here. He's going to dinner. Uh, well, we'll get him on. We'll get him on. We'll talk about it again. Be great. Yeah. And he actually did a, a pictures of Brock peeing in the outdoors. <laughs> Every time I peed, he took a picture of me and made a collage. So you got an album. Yeah, so we'll post that also. The PG version. Yeah, you know, nothing weird. <laughs> nothing to see here. So, um, yeah, this bull just came in face first to us. We heard him, and we knew he was going to walk by. And my guy just, my guy prided himself on how he called. Mm-hmm. He thought he could really call really well, and he just pride himself on what he could do and so he like squeaked out a little cow call and he told me get right here you know he's gonna walk through right here because mm-hmm. his cows walked off that way well okay. instead of walking off that way he came in head first and we're talking five, eight yards staring at us and i'm just stuck you know he's staring at me mm-hmm. i don't have a shot and my guide's like, he just loses it, dude. Talk about buck fever. He's like, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. I'm like, dude, settle down. Dude. <laughs> I don't have a shot. Where am I going to shoot him? In the freaking face? <laughs> like, I'm not going to blow this tag on a face shot. <laughs> right. If I knew this arrow punctured his skull, I would do it. But I do not know that. I haven't practiced that one. I mean, it's eight yards. I can do it, but... Yeah. Eight yards is so close for a big screaming bull. Yeah, he's just screaming. My guy's just losing it. Shoot him, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. I'm like, chill out, Rick. (laughs) Rick. Yeah, Rick, he's good. Much love to Rick. Rick's a good dude. I'm going to tell him about this. He's going to be excited. He made the podcast. And then we hiked out. And as we're hiking out, we had another experience. And... Dude, this guy just gets stoked. He sees another bull coming out. And it was really cool. We were actually talking with these fawns, these two fawns. Really? Calves. I'm sorry, not calves. Calves. Okay. All right. He's just talking, you know, just mm-hmm. squeaking each other. And they come up and pop their head over like 20 yards from us looking at us. And we're just on the ground laying down. And then shortly, I call this the pedophile bull because he has two calves. He comes around, and he's about 30 yards, but he just wasn't the bull, mm-hmm. you know. I looked at him, and I was like, second day, I'm not going to 
I'm not ready to pull back on that bull. Maybe day four or five on that guy, but not Mm -hmm. today. And my guide again loses it because shoot him, shoot him, shoot that guy. (laughs) What's wrong with you? It's like he's not that. He's not as giant as you think he. And then he looked at. He's like, yeah, you're right. (laughs) He's just (laughs) losing it, dude. So still gotta tell Rick about this podcast. Oh, absolutely. He knows he (laughs) lost it. There's no hiding it. Clean it up, Rick. Rick, he just gets, you have to love a guy that gets so into it. Yeah. Passion. He's so much passion. I I enjoyed it. I loved how excited he got. Because you don't, for a guy that hunts every year, Mm -hmm. and he's doing that every year, and to have that much passion is pretty cool. He's been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. And for him to lose it on a bull, that's pretty cool. Um, so day three, we go in and this is where it gets wild. I mean, the elk are cranking again and we're just blowing these elk out and we finally see some good bulls. I'm like, Oh man, that's a bull I want to shoot. You know, Mm -hmm. that's a good bull. I'm starting to get the feeling like I want to shoot a bull now. Like I've seen some bulls I would want to shoot and we're just not getting on them and we're bumping them. Something happened. Um, uh, we gotta take a break. We'll be right back, guys. Tired of going different places to get all you want? Looking for a program that offers everything? Are you interested in training, nutrition, baseball, softball, after-school youth programs, hunting, or charity work? One Performance is an all-inclusive program that offers training, advising, instruction, and opportunity for everyone, from the beginner to the professional. With a staff compiled of some of the best in their fields, impressive backgrounds, and an unmatched passion for teaching and giving back, One Performance is the first of its kind in Arizona. With the connections and background we have in the baseball community on a local and national level, from t-ball to the major leagues, One Performance offers teams known as Arizona National BPA, opportunity for instruction, gameplay, and development in every aspect of the game, both physically and mentally. The staff at One Performance Training are some of the finest in their respective fields. They strive to educate, motivate, and assist every athlete in maximizing their abilities. Whether you're looking for an opportunity for a young athlete or a seasoned professional to surround themselves with like-minded coaches, mentors, and athletes, One Performance is the family you're looking for. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Ready for an escape? Ready for an adventure? Do you want to camp, hunt, hit the dunes, or just relax on the beach? Ruly White RV is the number one toy hauler dealer in Arizona for the past five years running. With a no-pressure culture and no dealer fees, they guarantee you a great price and a great experience as you purchase your very own toy hauler or travel trailer. Ruly White is family-owned and operated and is now expanded to five locations, including Mesa, West Phoenix, North Phoenix, Flagstaff, and Idaho Falls, Idaho. Whether you're looking for a toy hauler or travel trailer, fifth wheel or bumper pole, Rolly White can get you what you're looking for. They carry all the big names, including Genesis Supreme, Vortex, Attitude, Wolfpack, Raptor, Forest River, and the newly released Wanderer by Genesis. We all want to beat the heat or just escape the craziness and get outdoors. Let Rolly White help you get there by visiting any of our locations or checking us out on Facebook, Instagram, and online at rollywhite.com. We are back. Sorry about that. We had a visitor, real quick, interrupted us. I don't think it was an interruption. It was a good, good visit. Yeah, it was Brad. Everybody knows Brad. Yes, sir. Yeah. Number three. So, Call Dave, number three. Number three. Number three. Yeah, he was number three. Yes, he was. So, we're on day three of the hunt, and saw some bulls. It's starting to get fired up. Ryer's making a collage of me peeing everywhere he can get one at, and we ran into these elk. Just this herd of elk, like, probably saw 50 cows go by. And then the bull finally came out. But he stopped right behind a tree. I could see his horns. He was an okay bull. Wasn't like anything that was. I would have pulled the trigger on him if he stepped out. 
but he stopped behind a tree, stared at us. I'm like, that sucks. And, you know, you never know, so you just knocked on, ready to go, and he just moseys on out, which he blew out. Actually, he didn't mosey out. He blew out. And at that point, I'm like, oh, my gosh, dude. We kept blowing bulls out, and I'm just – we're just missing opportunity after opportunity. I'm like, I'm probably – with all the action going on, I'm still, like, super bummed out. I thought we just blew all the elk out of the country, like – because there's literally, like, 150 elk that blew out. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I just started questioning our hunting tactics – like what we are doing, mm-hmm. everything. But where we're hunting is so thick, it's hard to find a good shooting lane. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, this stuff is just five feet, six feet tall, so you have to be in the right spot when they walk out in the open. And as I'm starting to feel, give myself a little bit of self-pity, you know, like, and we walk down and we're kind of just walking, dude, I'm hearing bulls cranking still. Not part of our, the bulls that I just blew out, like, like over where we're walking. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then, dude, this bull was just sitting. It looked like he was just bedded down, facing the other way. And like, we just hit the deck, you know. Hmm. Range, range time, he was like 85, so we scooted up. 75. And we're like, hey, he's, he's going to fall asleep here something just looked weird because he kept bugling out of his bed seemed like it was his bed and I was like yeah I'll shoot this bull you know and um he gets up and I realized he's not in his bed he's he was sitting in a wallow bugling out Mm -hmm. so I pull back the guy was, like, shocked I'd be willing to shoot at 75, but, you know, I felt good. Mm-hmm. So, pulled back, let it rip. And that arrow hit a branch and launched that arrow into outer space somewhere. Is that the one you sent me on video, or was that the... I know you sent me the broadhead. Do you send me the one that hit the branch, too? Maybe. can't remember. But the... um bull didn't go anywhere and i think all the action around us mm-hmm. with the bulls like raking trees and bugling like helped us because that bull didn't even look our way like he heard a branch break and nothing else he didn't care he just didn't even flinch huh. so i got on my knees because like i hit a branch standing up mm-hmm. so i got on my knees thinking okay i dropped down a foot that's gonna put this arrow right in that window and I was wrong that I shot, and everybody, you're like, oh, you see this arrow in flight, and you're like, oh, this thing, things, you know, it's going. Yeah. And then, hit, then you hear a crack. <laughs> the branch. Yeah, it hit a crack. And then all of a sudden. Is it the same branch? Um, I don't know. Because oh. I don't know. I mean, I guess we could see yeah. on film, but it definitely hit a branch. And then you're like, oh, yeah, crap. Oh, and then hits him right in the butt. And then you hit him in the butt, and you're like, oh, dude. <laughs> you're, like, pissed, right? Mm-hmm. And then you just see, like, a garden hose of blood coming out. I've never seen anything like it. And I think that had a lot to do with my arrow weight yeah i think if i didn't have the arrow weight mm-hmm. i wouldn't have gotten that because that thing penetrated all the way through so i was able to cut that femoral artery i think if i was shooting a light arrow would not have got that penetra- penetration that fmj did mm-hmm. and i'm sold on a heavier arrow even if that means your pins are gapped yeah because of the penetration penetration to me, trumps a lot because that was a bad shot and that penetration made up all all of that. And that shot pretty much killed him. Kill shot in the butt. 20 seconds later, he's just 
20 yards away from where I shot him, just heaved over. And uh, we were able to look at the shot from the camera, and the arrow came in, hit one branch, hit another branch right into the... So it hit one branch, going back into outer space, hits another branch, brings it back down. It was like... That's great. Somebody up high was thinking of me that day. They were tired of you missing. Yeah, my grandpa was sick of it. He's like, dude, here you go. Here's a freebie, dude. That's funny. Yeah. Yep, so that was... That punt will be on film also. So that'll be cool. Yeah. So everybody listening will let you know when it comes out. And then the next hunt was Terrence Hunt. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, did you go on any hunts, like... Were you able to get out? I went out for like, remember for like, uh, like one day in the morning. I went out, maybe two days, um, but like you were able to just get out a couple of mornings, right? Yeah, but it was like you know, sp- before sun up to nine o'clock because it was a hundred and ten degrees out. Yeah, and that that was the the day that I was on the way out, like at ten thirty or whatever, and and just saw the two bedded next to the road and. Like literally right off the road as I was driving out, they jumped up and ran off. But those were really the only two I saw. We sat on water for the mornings, but I had to go to work, so I couldn't, couldn't yeah. be out there long. So, yeah, that's all I got to do. Freaking work. Yeah, I've got um, what twelve days left, thirteen days left with that tag, with this tag, and then I've got another one. You know, I'll get a new one January first. Yeah, and I can go with you on that. I'm down. I got archery over the counter, and then we got a we have a uh, javelina hunt with my son. We got drawn. So oh, your son has that. Where's that? Uh, good question. Down by Florence. Definitely be interested yeah. in helping out on that. Go crank something. I'll film it. Sweet. Caleb will not be happy with the editing. Well, I don't think to... I don't think Caleb will want to come and shoot a or do a 13 year old javelina hunt. He's not gonna be happy with the filming production. He's gonna have to. He's got some critiquing because the next hunt I went on, I filmed it, is Terrence Hunt. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm interested to hear his uh, critique of how I filmed it, but that was a fun hunt. It was a different hunt because it was really windy, and we didn't see a lot of game. This her deer hunt? Yeah. Okay. And we got a lead on a buck on the second day to go check it out, and we did, and we saw him. And he was 800 yards. And then there was a little bit of a rush to try to, like, get her set up. Mm-hmm. But we ended up, she was smart. I was pushing her to let one rip. She was being smart about it. So you got the guide panic. Oh, yeah. I was like. You turned into Rick. Yeah, I 100% <laughs> did. That's why I'm like, it's fine that Rick got. A little bit of a buck fever because on the Terrence hunt, I was like, shoot him, shoot him. <laughs> and I, I told her, like, you made the right decision because the next day we roll up and we let him be. And this is the perfect example of, like, hey, don't push it because if you don't go in and blow things out, things will stay the way they're supposed to be. So we left him, came back the next day, and he was right there, 500 yards. Taryn shot him while I was trying to, you know, um, change the lens out on the camera. Mm. <laughs> I was like, I'm I'm like, just shoot him. I don't care if I get a kill shot. Mm-hmm. Just shoot him. And as I'm running, I thought I had a second to maybe go get the lens because mm-hmm. he started walking away. So I ran over, and then right when I got the lens in hand, he turned, and boom. And I looked over, and I see him, like, lifting one leg up in the air, and then he just fell over. Just 500 yards, smoked him. It's a cool, fun hunt to be with the wife and father-in-law. Mm-hmm. She, uh, we flew there in my plane, and which I sold. FYI, but <laughs> so that won't happen. But yeah, we we drove and then we drove to Idaho, checked out Dave and 
checked out the guys up there and drove home. So it was a long drive. And then my buddy Wes invited me to a Texas deer hunt um, the following week. It was just wild. The fall was crazy, dude. And the Texas, that was, his ranch is like top of the line. Just perfectly managed, you know. They mm-hmm. sit you in a stand and tell you, hey, we're trying to shoot this buck. Buck comes out, you shoot it. You know, I know, like, the giant bucks aren't that. I know that when he goes into his hunting mode to kill a 200-inch whitetail, <clears throat> it's not like that. You know, when those bucks get big, they get smart, and you have to put game. You have to put your game face on them. Mm-hmm. That is really fun, actually, because there's a lot of strategy in it. Where do you put the, like, they have these mobile stands that they can actually drive and just park a trailer as a, you know, like a. Stand on top of it. Yeah, redneck, what do they call it, roughneck, whatever, blind. I think they're redneck blinds and they have, Muzzy makes some and different companies, but. They were just, had this flatbed and they just cruise it and, you know, they're trying to figure out where he was going. Throw some protein out and. See if he comes in, and I don't know, you know, when Wes hunts, I know he hunts on his own, so I don't even know how he does it. He's secretive about it, which is fine. You know, he just gets real intense, I think, and doesn't want anyone to screw up. Screw it up. He doesn't want anyone blowing it with their scent or anything, you know, because mm-hmm. those big bucks get smart, you know, so and he ended up killing that buck as 200, it was over 200 inches, white tail. Texas Whitetail is amazing. Jeez. Buck's name was Studley. Studley. That was a very fun, relaxing hunt because it wasn't a lot of hiking and, mm-hmm. you know, going from a very mountainous hunt out west in northern Utah to flat plains. And if you don't find your deer within an hour, that thing's eaten by coyotes. Really? So many coyotes they have. Yeah, uh, I got a picture from Wes. Um, he found there. He found his buck eight hours after he shot it. Only thing that was left with is the head and horns. He could hold it up. Wow, not crazy. Yeah, overpopulated with dogs. Just take him out. I shot one when I was there. Yeah, and thing was small. It must be different because their javelina were small too. Hmm. Like they were like miniature versions, like babies. Like what we have. They're big. Like I asked the guy that was with me, he's a biologist, and I asked him, hey, is this a normal size dog for out here? And he said, yeah, this is average size. I'm like, this this is like, you know, a nine-month pup. So everything's not bigger in Texas? The You know, (laughs) it's just the deer, I guess. Right. So, and then we had my elk hunt, which we'll save that. Because we're going to have Caleb on for that. Yeah? In New Mexico, yeah. Okay. He want Because I, I talked to him earlier, and he said he wants to be part of that one. Okay. He wants to share how he, how I screwed the whole thing up. Oh, he wants to throw you under the bus. Oh, he's going to throw me under the bus. Oh, okay. Completely. And tell everybody how big of a wimp I was. For whatever reason, I was, like, really sensitive cold. <laughs> Which is weird, because I'm not that way. I'm not. Didn't you get sick on that hunt, though? I did get Is that the one you were coming home? Chris Trujillo. I passed you in uh, Salt River Canyon? Yes. How about that? Chris Trujillo. He's one of the best hunters I ever hunted with, but, man, that guy got me sick. <laughs> yeah? Yes. He got you sick. Why, he was sick? He was sick. I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. And the last day, I'm feeling, like, really bad. And I'm like, dude, I feel like crap. And I was on top of the mountain. And I was throwing up, and I said, I quit. I quit, dude. I can't believe I quit. I just walked out of the mountain. I said, we're going home. Come out of here. And then we get in the car. He's like, yeah, dude. Last couple of days, I've been feeling really bad, too. <laughs> like, Thanks for telling me. Yeah, that sucked. Because then I infected my whole, my whole family, and I didn't. Super know. spreader. Oh, dude. And we had the turkey bowl. Yeah, super spreader event. Yeah, I just got everybody sick. I will tell you, having dealt with it and seeing how 
infectious it is mm-hmm. and how it spreads that it's no joke. Like, it can hurt people. Yeah. I know there's a lot of naysayers out there. and But the problem is you don't know who you're going to infect and who it's going to really hurt. Yeah. Like, for me, it took four or five weeks to get over where most people took, what, three, four days? Just depends. I've heard some people have it and don't have, like, feel bad for a day. Or some I've heard as long as, like, uh, you know, 30 or 40 days. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, some of the kids, some of the, you know, guys that I've heard take forever are, like, you know, young athletes that are in their 20s. You know what I mean? And then some some of the people are that don't really have problems are, you know, 50s, 60s, and not in very good shape, and it just doesn't really affect them. So, yeah, just depends, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they know. I don't know if there's enough information, or, um, you know, if they're gonna find out there's a whole bunch of different strands of it, or you know, whatever. So. I heard there's 47 strands. Have you heard that, that many? I, I've heard there's multiple, but I don't know how many. I mean, I, I don't know. If, that's why the, I heard somebody that took the uh, got the, the heck, I'm drawing a blank right now, dude. The shot. Yeah, the vaccine. Vaccine. My vocabulary is great today. You know somebody that got a vaccine? No, but I heard somebody that got it that had a reaction to it. What happened? I don't know. I just heard uh, I was driving here today, and they said somebody that got it had a reaction to it, and they were going to talk about it, and then I got here, so I didn't didn't listen. Oh man. You know, the good thing for us, by the time we're able to have a vaccine shot, it's going to be a lot of people have had it, and there's going to be, we're going to know the, um, hopefully we'll know. A little bit of feedback on it, or the effectiveness of it, or whatever. I don't think everyone should get it. What do you think? Like, I think the young kids shouldn't get it. I I don't know if we have enough information on it, but. I mean, I know some probably businesses or or whatever are going to require it. Yeah. And that's, uh, I don't know how I feel about being required to take something, but, you know, it's also like we have to have certain shots to go to school. You know, when we start school, is this going to be one of those or is it? Because you you have, like, what, mumps, measles? MMR, so measles, mumps, rubella, or whatever it was called back in the day, and then you have to have your... I got mumps, dude. You did? I did when I was a kid. Really? Mm-hmm. Didn't have a shot? I don't know. <laughs> I was like Must second grade. I was in first grade. Really? I just remember I had to lay down. They wouldn't let me sit up. You had to lay down. I don't know why. Hmm. Just remember having to lay down a lot. Hmm. Never. I, you're the only person I've ever heard of that got it. Got that I know. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know much about it. I just know I got it. Yeah, <clears throat> it's um. So you didn't do research after that? I was five. They didn't have the I mean, internet. Now. I, I now I'm maybe I think I'm going to do it. <laughs> Want to check into that? Yeah, uh, I mean this conversation brought it up. So, like, yeah, I got mumps, dude. Yeah, so I I wonder if that's going to be like one that. Just required, you know, like that's flu shots not required, but is this going to be one eventually that kids have to get before they go to school, or is it like what's the effectiveness as, as far as like long term? I don't know if that information's out yet or not, but yeah, like it, it, does one shot last you forever, or does one shot last a season, or is it going to be a, a thing that kind of the strands morph into different ones and you have to... Do you think they'll be able to combine it into the flu shot? So you just get the flu shot and that's over? I honestly don't have <laughs> enough knowledge of this thing to, to... So I read up on this shot and this shot that they're giving out the Pfizer and the Moderna. Mm-hmm. It's actually a... They plug it into this computer system and they're able to get the genetic genome or whatever and... They plug it into this, they have this math, mm-hmm. and they plug it in, and it spits out a cure. 
So when they got it, they were able to spit out a cure, like, immediately. And be able to get, like, they produced ten. Picked one, and it's a synthetic, like, uh, gene that goes in and fights it. And that's why people are, like, freaking out, because they think it's going to go in your DNA, and it's going to, you know, latch on, and they're going to be able to track you or whatever. Is it going to... So it's synthetic what? Like synthetic Syn- DNA or is it like a synthetic, synthetic gene of sorts? I mm-hmm. don't know. I don't I'm not like right. a, but I just know that they're able to spit it out and it's a synthetic and that's why people are a little worried. Like uh I mean like Moderna, they haven't this is their first vaccine they've ever produced. They've gone at uh tri- uh third clinical trials. Hmm. And it's their only vaccine that's ever been authorized, ever. Pfizer's, I guess, huge. Mm -hmm. But the BioNTech, so BioNTech's the one that made the vaccine. They partnered with Pfizer to, because Pfizer has the capabilities of mass producing it. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. But I think we're a long time from knowing what the effects of it are going to be and, and the effectiveness and the effects. Like, you know, like, are there going to be side effects or are there going to be... I think everybody should read up on it. Like, know what you're shooting into your body, right? Yeah. Well, I figured I'm pretty I'm pretty long way from getting it. So yes. Like, <laughs> like, I haven't... Um, I, I could be completely wrong, though. But it could I, be but March, probably, before we're able to... Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't... I'm going to do research before I say, yeah, go for it. Well, like the Johnson and Johnson has one that's not, it's going to be like your traditional vaccine, I think. And it's like a one shot vaccine. And I think that would be the one to get. Yeah. I don't know. Personally, like looking at him. Yeah. Like Like personally, I don't get the flu shot and I don't like do that. I haven't. I don't know. I just haven't. I got the flu shot once and I never got so sick that year. (laughs) I've heard that from a lot of people. I got yeah. super sick, man. Like, I got sick from the flu shot, and then I just never stopped getting sick. Yeah, see, that's not good either at all. So I don't I, I don't know. I'm not a big shot or drug guy as far as, like, medicine. Yeah. I don't like medicine. I don't like to take it. It had been, like... I think like the end of my career, except for when I got like injured, broken nose and all that. Like, I mean, I I didn't take Advil. I don't take Tylenol. Like, I don't I just don't. Do like you take it. protein? Like for our listeners Supplements. out there, like if somebody came to Cody and said, "Hey, what do I take for supplements? Mm-hmm. What would you recommend?" So now I don't take many. I try and get most of my my protein and stuff from food because I do have the time to cook to cook and eat meals um occasionally like in the morning before like we train at six in the morning yeah. you and Brad and Robbie and Rika once Rika Rika <laughs> Rika had an appearance he had an appearance yeah he said he's gonna be there more we'll see but anyway we train at at six in the morning uh you know so before that I'm not gonna eat a lot I have like a pre-made protein shake like it's called orgain it's just an organic yeah. protein it's not it's like a couple hundred calories and it's um like 20 grams of protein it's yeah. not a lot it's just something in my stomach um before we go and then uh coffee yeah yeah in the morning and then um and i just started drinking coffee in march i think we talked about that but i'd never yeah. had it before but I've, we found a couple of the Black Rifle brands that we really like. And my wife <laughs> kind of started in March. And now we're... Your wife just started too? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you both like started. Like, neither of us like to taste the coffee. Mm. And um, I think we'd had some really bad ones. Like, Starbucks is crap. Like, I didn't like it. Yeah. But it's just... But we get these, like... Uh, we just had a holiday blend they had out that was freaking awesome. Like, I really... Like, don't need to put anything in it and just drink it. That's, That's pretty good. good. Yeah. So, anyway, I drink, uh, you know, that and then um, come back in and, you know, eggs, bacon, good stuff, turkey bacon or 
regular bacon, whatever we got that day. And yeah, um, you know, supplement wise, I I take vitamin D because especially during the winter here or I'm inside or whatever, I get I usually get enough during the summer, so I don't really need it because I'm outside yeah. all the time. So vitamin D supplement, uh, multivitamin. Uh, I try and remember to take, but I don't often. Yeah, uh, we do have a lot of vitamin C at the house that I try and really crank into the kids. And then um, I take, if we're training, I take creatine, like just one scoop, like every day. Uh, I usually take, like I'll do it on leg days, like when we yeah. do. Well, we don't, we don't really train like that, but yeah. heavier uh, leg days when what we have we have more leg work in, I'll take some creatine. What does creatine do? It just helps, uh, like, recovery and, and uh, you know, so it helps with the with water. and Okay, so it hydrates, helps. It's going to dehydrate oh. you, but it, it takes the water in your body and kind of transports it to muscles, and then you, like, it, it helps okay. helps with recovery. Definitely need to take a lot of water with yeah. that. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I just have always had really good results with it. Yeah. I, I have to kind of watch it personally because I've had, like – when I was younger, younger and early on in my career, I drank a lot of soda. And so I got uh, kidney stones mm. and they were awful. Uh, so I watch my creatinine levels uh, when I do blood work because that's uh, your kidney processing, you know, stuff. Yeah. So um, I try and watch it and I don't want to take too much creatine, even though I have like physically I have great results from it and it helps me out. I train, I feel better. Uh, I can go a little longer all that stuff, um, but I have to watch kind of blood levels too. So I'm so kind of taking about every other day usually, something yeah. like that, or, or a small dose daily, like two and a half, three milligrams. Do you think the creatine, grams. while you were young and you were drinking soda, was you got <laughs> kidney stones because you were dehydrated? I was definitely dehydrated. I definitely didn't drink enough water, but I think more than anything it was the soda that did it, not the creatine. It was the soda, yeah, instead of drinking mm-hmm. water with it. Just in general, the amount of sugar that was in there and the the, like the caffeine and drinking straight Coke or uh, whatever, it's a Pepsi guy, Pepsi, yeah. Pepsi, <laughs> like what? It didn't really matter. Like yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why. I just drank it. I started. It's what everybody did, you know. what I mean, and I haven't had a soda now in probably. I think it was probably like 2013 was the last time I had a soda. That's a long time, yeah. dude. I just. Like every once in a while, I think like if I'm having Mexican food or something, and I'm oh, like yeah. a, eating know, dirty, dude. Just like oh, soda tastes good. <clears throat> but then like you know, I, the, the amount of sugar that's in there doesn't like that didn't make me sound up. I drink a lot of uh, like sparkling water, club soda, look La- just Lacroix. Yeah, I don't even like just give me plain club soda. I don't care. I just for me, if I'm eating, I like the fizz, the yeah. bubbles. Um, flavor doesn't really matter to me yeah. anymore. When I first started, it was awful, but. And I found that the only thing that I really wanted out of that was the fizz. The, yeah, like the bubbles from, I don't know why, I just made it different. And I wanted that with the food. It just kind of made it. I found out a lot of people are like that when they're, like, I have a lot of friends that are switching over to seltzer water mm-hmm. from soda. And they're not drinking any soda, they're drinking purely seltzer. Yeah. So, I tried. Brad... Gave me some, and I took a drink and threw it away. I didn't like it. Man. Yeah, it's it's really hard to drink once you. So there's like there's club soda, there's seltzer, and there's the um. The club soda is not bad, right? Like, so yeah, one. I'm drawing a blank on the other one. What are they? Um, tonic, tonic, right? tonic water. So that one's got like stuff in it. Yeah, and then I think I could be wrong here, but. Uh, seltzer, I think, has a little bit more sodium, I believe. Yeah. And if I could be totally off. And then the other one's just like water with oxygen in it. So it's got more bubbles or something like that. But there's like those three that are always kind of interchangeable aren't really interchangeable if you care. Yeah. But like club soda and soda water or sparkling water, like it's whatever. Like just put bubbles in the water for me. Yeah. I had one, I got one of those soda stream machines. Oh, really? Yeah. And so it's you just put this cartridge and it just puts air in the water and it becomes carbonated. And so the we like a you know, system at home where we get all our water and like 
so I would just make it out of the kitchen. But you can put flavors and stuff in there, but I don't. I just would make them. Yeah. So I, I used that for a long time and then didn't want to get cartridges anymore. So. Right on. But um, Let's talk about our pr- – so we ventured we, – we talked about a lot today. We did. Talked about the hunts. We, we're going to come back to Taryn's other hunt when they're on here, right? Yes. Or elk. Oh, that was last year, but yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah, because that was a that's cool. That was a good one. We'll let so her tell a story. Yeah, that's what I mean. Some cool stuffs come out of that one. So let's make sure we talk about that one. Yeah, and then we have um, the New Mexico elk hunt, which when Caleb comes on, we'll talk about that one. Yeah, yeah. he's gonna. He really wants to talk about it. He just wants to throw you under the bus. I he think. does. He wants yeah. to trash me. So good. Um. So we want to get. I want to get. Rolling back on our tip of the week. Tip of the week. Yeah, we our, haven't done it. We didn't do that last couple of our, weeks. Uh, review. Our product review, review. Product review of the week. And I was thinking we could review one performance. Okay. Because I've experienced one performance to mm-hmm. this last three weeks. Uh, Yeah, it's it's probably been about five weeks. You got sick in the middle. or, or yeah. we, just, we started before Halloween. With you, Brad, and Robbie. But I went, was this the first week I went four? Yeah, four days this week. Yeah, yeah. I started going four days. And that was only because I had, my son's birthday was yesterday. And I yeah. Had to be a dad. <laughs> well, that's priorities, right? That's right. It was good. It was good for me, too. So, but, I mean, I've really enjoyed the workouts. They've, um, I think it's. I was nervous to get back into it, mainly mm-hmm. because I was nervous of what I would feel like after, right? Like, or nervous about. I had a little bit of anxiety, like you know, you're really in shape, Brad's in shape, and you guys are just gonna. I'm gonna I'm gonna work. I'm gonna just be in beat into the ground here, you know, like no, that's not. <clears throat> so that's the difference, like in and. Uh, so training is training, right? And you can train for, for health or you can train for a sport or you can train for like a lifestyle or we can train to hunt or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, but the thing, I think the misconception that everybody has now about training is like you need to train until you're like dying. You know, yeah. You know, and that's not it at all. That's not training. That's working out. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a big difference between like just going in and working out until you feel awful or training for something, right? And for us, like, like we eased into it, and there's phases, and we're in phase two right now of, yeah. of a you know a, a hypertrophy phase. So we're trying to like build some muscle and, and uh, get in shape. But we had to, you know, that that first phase was just kind of to get back into it and a building block and and uh, um, you know just just really trying to get your body used to it and not not being too sore, not being too, um, you know, because if that happens, then like you don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. So you want to you want to get to a spot where you feel good about what you're doing and it feel better and better and better as we go. And so I think we kind of eased into it the right way and and um, you know you've you've done great and you you actually came to me and said you wanted to go more. So for me that's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, um, Brad and Robbie have been been killing it and they go when they don't come to the house to train they go to the gym you know yeah. on their days and and uh, I I. You know, you guys are holding me accountable, too, because I have to get up on the mornings I don't want to and go out there and do it. And that's good for me because I don't have, like, the motivation to go play, like the training motivation I used to have when I played. So it's been great, man. And, and, you know, get up at 5 and be ready to train by 6 o'clock and get out there and then get done and take my son to school. So it's uh, it's been pretty cool. But, you know, our our thing and under the one brand is is kind of – uh, can kind of do whatever we want. Like I, we we train athletes, and I've got pro guys and college guys and high school kids and youth that that come in and train for a sport, yeah. um, namely baseball, but do some other sports as well. Um, but you know we have you know we have that, and we have uh, you know Brad's training to to do a triathlon and and you know ride his motorcycle and yep. all that good stuff and and. You know, you're training for, for life and hunting and, and just to be in shape in general. And I don't know what I'm training for, just so I 
<laughs> so I can do whatever I want. Right. Um, like really, I just want to be in shape and be able to, to play with the kids and, um, they're kind of good at what they do. So <laughs> yeah, I gotta stay on top. Um, but just to be, for me, it's just to be competitive kind of in life is, is the reason I, I want to train and, and feel good. Uh, plus health, you know, health factors. Like, uh, I don't, I don't want to be out of shape and I want yeah. to feel good. And I want my, I want to be an example for my kids. Um, for them to kind of look and say, well, dad's, you know, almost 45 now and he's still doing it. And, yeah. um, you know, this is why I I was okay and was able to do what I did for so long. And this is why I still am able to kind of do it if I need to. Um, but also if I'm, you know, out hunting and, you know, we got to carry an animal off the mountain, I want to be able to do it. And um, I can't tell you how important that is because – you just never, when you're hunting, you just never know <clears throat> when you're going to need it. Like, you, oh, you're going to need it every time. Because you'll chase something, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you're five miles, six miles, mm-hmm. and then you kill something, and then that thing has to go out. Yeah. And if you don't, I mean, if you don't have it, if you weren't training for it, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. And even like if you, let's say you chase it and like all of a sudden you have to be able to catch your breath and be in shape enough to, to calm yourself enough to, to shoot, whether it's a bow or a, a rifle or whatever, yeah. you know, and you're not going to have a lot of time. You can't be shaky and breathing all hard, <coughs> excuse yeah. me, panting, you know, whatever. So, I mean, that's all, that's all part of it. And it's, um, but that's, for me, that's, that's kind of why you, you know, are, are, ready for life, you know, and it's, you know, a lot of people did CrossFit and I did for a long time and that was kind of their, like, use your fitness and I really liked hearing that, like, get out and use it. Yeah. And that, and for me, that, that kind of stuck and I don't follow CrossFit, like, per se because I, I had great results from it, but it also was like, I hurt, oh, you know, man. like the overhead stuff and. I hurt myself bad. Yeah, but, and, and that's the thing that, it was tough for me because the results physically as far as fitness were, were so good. Like I saw such good results in such a, such a short amount of time. And then it was, it was sustained and across the board, like in life and sports, whatever, like everything, every single thing I did was better. Yeah. I felt like, but I also felt like long-term I like was hurting and through 18 years of playing, I didn't hurt all that bad. Yeah, like there were times, right? My hands are jacked up and whatever, but the time I was doing that was like I would wake up sore, or not sore, but hurting, right? Like joints and stuff. Yeah. Where now, where I'm more concerned with movements and you know doing them the right way and and mobility and all that stuff, um, and still training to be strong and and uh, you know athletic, I feel like I wake up and I don't hurt. You know, and that's more important for me. I think CrossFit would be better if you took off, like, the race. Yeah. For the general public. Right. You know, like, the moment you add, like, make it a competition. For time or, like, the four time workouts or you have two minutes max reps kind of deal. Oh, man, you see people cutting. I I would watch people cheat. Mm -hmm. I'd watch people just do the worst form I've ever seen in my life. Like, just, and it's like, why would you do that when, like, I was out. I didn't care what place I'd finish. Mm-hmm. I did. I, I know. You know what I mean? So, and that's, but that's the good part about it, too, because I was done playing. I wanted competition. Yeah. So, that's what got me interested in it. Well, I was doing it while I was playing, but when I was done, I continued because of the competition part. Yeah, because it was fun. It oh. is fun. Competing is fun. Yeah, competing is fun. Getting my butt kicked is not, but competing oh, I, is. I never worked out as hard as I ever have with that. Like you said, hurt. Right, like yeah. You can't walk. Cause yeah, knees, back, hips, shoulders, you know, like that's the stuff that you can buy more of them, I guess, now. But like Not backs. Look, backs, if you hurt your backs. Yeah, you get a fusion and all that knees, stuff. Knees, like. But you don't want. Knee replacements. No. You don't want a hip replacement. You don't want your shoulders and elbows messed with. So, so anyway, um, you know that's that was a tangent. I'm sorry, but like the, uh, I mean, you guys have have come in and held me accountable to all this stuff, and in the morning, and and uh, 
like I've really enjoyed it and it's going to continue and and um I'm I'm pumped man we just got to get yeah, get place I've been place at HQ where we can do it I know like <laughs> I, I'm, I can't tell you how much better I feel throughout the day like I'm happier I'm more have more energy my mental health is so much better like I just from the workout it's just crazy what that workout does for you that's awesome yeah I feel way better so that's great anyways Check out one performance if you're interested, and uh, yeah, give them a Google review. There you go. Yeah, we're on Instagram. Uh, one one underscore performance underscore one. There you uh, go. We just launched the the Instagram page there. We've been around for a while, but finally finally got it going. Um, you been can, training for like five years with guys, but you can follow our podcast. Yeah, follow our podcast, and it's on there. Playing the game podcast. Post will be coming soon. Um, yeah, we just just went live with that one too. So, got some big things coming. Um, yeah, I'm excited about it, man. This has been great. I've loved these things, just talking through stuff, and we got, we got free time of, coming up yeah. with these guests, and yeah, we have a lot of cool people and stuff coming up. Good, yeah. good guests that I'm excited to interview that we're just trying to line up. Yeah, so it's good to catch up with you on all the hunts and. We'll be on another one here pretty soon. We're going to go knock a deer down. Yeah. Talk about it. Um, then we'll just bring this whole thing with us out. That's right. On the hunt. Better believe it. And we'll talk about it. Right then. Right then, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I listened to Jay Scott. He literally had the microphone over a deer talking about the coos. Did he really? Yes. Dude, what do you think about this thing? <laughs> That's great. That's I, awesome. I don't think I'm packed with the roadcaster out. But we'll uh, definitely talk about it when we're done. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Instagram, playing the game. And um, we'll let you guys know when the those videos come out so you guys can check them out. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See you guys.